0: Welcome, powerful people, to a podcast that stands in the top five percent globally, where health takes center stage. I am your host, Dr. Anna Esparham, a triple board-certified physician, and I am thrilled to embark on this journey with you. This is Health is Power. In this sacred space, we are bridging the gap between the tangible and intangible, embracing the essence of every healing modality available. Whether it's cutting-edge medicine, ancient holistic practices, or the whispers of intuition guiding us, we are exploring it all. This podcast is your compass. If you're a healthcare professional seeking to enhance your practice, a seeker of spiritual connection, or simply someone hungry for a deeper understanding of how to recover from health issues, thank you for joining Health is Power. Her, let's embrace the power of total health your number one priority from mind to body heart to soul and spirit to our creator And now I'm obligated to tell you our disclaimer that Anna Esperham, MD, is a medical doctor, but she is not your doctor and she is not offering medical advice on this podcast. So if you are in need of professional advice or medical care, you must seek out the services of your own doctor or healthcare professional. As this podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, medical, or psychological services or advice. And none of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any mental or medical condition. As you are responsible for your own physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. Health is PowHer LLC disclaims any liability for your reliance on any opinions or advice contained in this podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Health is PowHer. I am super uber duper excited (laughs) because we're going to talk about all things children's emotional health, which is just a big right impact right now, especially with the pandemic going on, uh, the increase in mental health disorders, especially anxiety and depression, is gaining a lot in kids right now. So we have Lynn McLaughlin and her mission is to inspire both adults and children to develop a strong sense of well-being for her life. And she's actually a best-selling and award-winning author. Uh, She's co-authored a children's book series titled The Power of Thought with Amber Raymond, which is also your niece, right? Ah, It's been fun. That's cool. And so she also has a wonderful podcast, Taking the Helm. Um, you've had that for three years now, right, Lynn?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Three awesome years.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. You're you're about the same timeline as me with Health is Power. I think Health is Power is about three
1: years old too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We learn as we go, right? Yeah. <laughs> now we have it down pat. Now we have it. Yeah. And it keeps morphing. Right, so well, now you're, obviously.
0: yeah, you're really focused on emotional well being and children, and um, and so Lynn also uh, was the superintendent of education. She was a principal, vice principal, teacher. She's also an educational consultant, um, and so she has lots of experience with children. So
1: let's welcome Lynn McLaughlin to the show. Thanks for coming on. Oh my gosh. What an honor. I'm, I'm a little nervous though, about an hour ago, Anna, because we've been out of power for about three hours and poof, it popped back on. So this was meant to be, I would have done <laughs> on my phone, but it wouldn't have been the same. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Despite the ice storm power outage. We'll, we'll make it work. Even if there's little blips here and there, we'll, we'll make it work no matter what.
1: <laughs>
0: so tell us how, why you got so interested in children's well being.
1: Oh, it's, you know you know how things just kind of fall into place and you have those aha moments in your life. There just was a whole series of them, a whole series of them. Um, in the five years before I was retur- re- retiring in the board of education that I was working on in with 35,000 students plus, uh, the kids who were experiencing debilitating anxiety, like debilitating anxiety, it was growing and growing and growing. And so we were reworking our responses, our safe people, putting child youth workers in schools and all of those kinds of things. In a responsive place, right? This is what I've had this aha moment in the last few years. And then my own daughter in her early 20s really suffered from um, a year and a half of right the low of all of the lows and boy as a parent when you see your child going through that's the worst thing it's the most horrific thing in the world. And I, I don't know, and, and she was through it, not because of mom, because we, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Mom was a meddling and controlling mom, which uh, in those circumstances did not serve my daughter all that well. She's doing beautifully today. I have to say, she's actually teaching in Indonesia on the other side of the world and has uh, still will always be an anxious person, but has certainly managed to overcome it. Um, and, you know, it was probably about six months after that, I my meditation every day, and I is going for a walk. I was out for a walk and I just went, We've got it all wrong. You know, we're adding supports, we're adding therapies, we're adding drop-in centers, we're doing the things that we have to do in response to the ever-growing need, but why are we focusing on the other end when our children are born, before they're eight and nine years old, when they're sieves and soaking up all of the information and, and what we can model and teach them? And my niece was just graduating with her master's of social work at that time, and I called her up and said, do you want to write a children's book series with me? And she jumped right in. And uh, that was just about two years ago, and we have had an amazing time doing it uh, with her clinical mind. She's a she's a practicing social worker clinician right now. She knows what's happening with our youth. She sees it firsthand. And then I've got the educator lens, the experience from my own daughter and friends' children around me, and uh, and so that's it in a nutshell, really, really quickly. There's all kinds of other tentacles, but uh, I just in the last three months totally rebranded and we're, I'm still, like you just said, it's morphing my vision, my, my mission and with a total focus on children's emotional well being and uh, developing emotional, um, intelligence. We, we've got to do it ourselves too, because Hey, it's all, you know, we're all, it's what's, it's contagious.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: When we put out, they suck in when we put you, and vice versa.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there is, I haven't read the statistics, but there is a large role of both a, you know adults and the caregivers and the parents and the teachers and their role in the child's emotional well-being as well.
1: Most definitely. Most, Most definitely.
0: definitely. Oh my god. And gosh. before
1: the pandemic, this is in 2019, we had 58 million children and youth who were diagnosed with anxiety and anxiety disorder. And and you know, as well as I do, there's probably just a, a, around the same number that are not diagnosed and still, you know, having to cope with that and get by on, an, on a regular day. So let's take it back and be proactive and give our kids, and I'm not suggesting this is the only solution, right? Mental health, mental illness is a very, very complex puzzle, but nobody can tell me in all the research that I've done that if we don't teach, teach, teach when they're young, 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 and, 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 and help them make those skills and those strategies intrinsic in who they are, it's going to serve them well. No question about it.
0: Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yes. I love this. I love what you're doing. I'm so excited. Um, Tell us a little bit about some
1: of the strategies that you really like to implement in children's lives. Well, so um, three of the books of the series are out right now. We actually have 10 titles and uh, we're going to pause it at five. So, and here's the other thing that I will admit openly. Okay. I'm, I'm 60 years old. Okay. I'm 60 years old, but working with my niece in some of those. Okay. I'll give you an example. Our first book is called, I have choices. How many of us, how many people listening and watching right now have said to your kids Well, go, ahead. you have a choice, go make a choice. It's simple, right? Just go make a choice. But it's not that simple because first of all, we have to teach them what is this feeling I have so let's say they're worried a worried about an upcoming test I'll just use that as an example I'm worried well first of all identify what that emotion is and why they're feeling that way but then we have to take them oh take them to the next step to say well, what am I going to do about it so there're in the first book we teach I think six different choices that come out of one of the fictitious make-believe beings that are up on on a on a planet um in the end, Oh my gosh. And they fly out and they see it this way or that way. But guess what? There's six choices that could be made. And then we empower people to say, I can make a choice. And when you leave, you're glowing green again, our our beings glow in the color they're feeling, which is kind of cool. And, but you've taken charge of, of that feeling and taken it to a positive way. And Anna, you and I have talked, right? Those feelings of angry, being angry and afraid, they all have a reason you know, they're there for a reason. If if we feel afraid because our um, our senses are kicking in to say something around me isn't right, we've got to listen to those feelings, but then we have to know what to do with them.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. perfect. That's a great yeah. quote.
1: <laughs> that is a perfect and, quote. And so here I am, sixty years old, and learning these step by step strategies myself. Oh you know? yeah. So, I mean, reading a book to a child is one thing, but we've created educational tools as well because we want them to take that strategy. There's a four-step strategies to making a choice and apply it to something that's happening in their own lives right now and say, oh, okay, this happened today to me. How can I now take these four steps and apply it to me? So we've got some real cool caricature um, um, caricature sketches that align with each book so that kids can practice. And, and we as adults can learn these strategies too. It's so important. And guess what? It'll be good for us. Oh yeah, books too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we need to read the books as well. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? That's the feedback we've gotten. And actually is quite surprising to Amber and I, I should have expected it because I was learning myself through her, but um, adults are saying, uh, thank you. I didn't know this myself and older siblings who are, you know, you know, the tough older, you know, older siblings are reading to their younger ones and uh, and they won't tell us in public, but they are t- telling some people that was really cool, but I can't tell them that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, No, I'm too tough. (laughs) 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 Exactly. I think we do have to be vulnerable and just be truthful with ourselves, being aware that there is that underlying anxiety. And sometimes, you know, for me, it's even tough to tell. I think one, it was like a few weeks ago and and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have anxiety over what people think of me. And I didn't even make the connection until I had some time to sit and think about it and, and realize, oh my word, I was talking to myself over and over and over again about,
1: you know, a certain situation. I'm like, oh, wow, that's anxiety. Ding, ding. Yeah. And it wouldn't be wonderful if our kids could do that. If they learn to recognize not only how they're feeling physically and emotionally themselves, but recognize it in a friend. I I just, I just went to uh, a school last week. I just really, I just have to say this. And I read uh, one of the books in the series to two kindergarten classes and a grade four or five. And, um, and I was blown away when I showed, you know, look at the character in this book and how do you think they're feeling? And a little four-year-old used the word lonely and understood what lonely meant. And then, you know, how does that, how do you think a person feels physically when they're lonely? It was amazing to me. Four year olds can do this. They can oh, do yes. that. Oh, yeah.
0: they're so smart. They yes. know way more. It's incredible how much they know. They yeah. are so intelligent beings and they might even have
1: I just wonder if they're more emotionally intelligent than all of us. Well, you know, I I'll okay, so in April, uh one of my when, when we kick off the new um focus on the podcast to be children's emotional uh well-being, I've got kids who are coming on. I've got a young man who teaches Reiki. He's 10 years old. <laughs> You know, another one who is standing on stages and and, um, trying to save the world with her speeches and what she's saying. And she's built that resilience. She's going to talk about how she did it. I'm so I'm so pumped up when I hear these little people and what they're doing now and helping kids their age to say, hey, we're going to do it differently. You got it wrong up there, you adults. We're (laughs) going to need to change it up. So yeah. (laughs) And I think they can speak the other kids language. Like
0: once you can speak that language, it's like that understanding is there. I think it is a lot better for them too. That's why um, sometimes in our, you know, national pediatric integrative initiatives, we try and have teens or young kids speak to the other teens and young kids about a lot of integrative therapies that they use, for example, because they just have that understanding more so.
1: Yeah. They're living it every day. Right. I I, I love that. You're much younger than I am, but I mean, I, I didn't grow up surrounded by social media, right? (laughs) What's real. What's not real. What am I comparing myself to? And that's, that's the reality of their worlds today. And that's only one little piece of the puzzle, but boy, they need skills and strategies that uh, people my age didn't. And even a couple generations after me certainly didn't. So
0: What are some of your opinions on, you know, what you've seen, especially, you know, being in education about what are some of the reasons why these kids are developing so much anxiety and depression? You mentioned one, social
1: media. That is a big one. Yeah. And I want to go pre-pandemic because we all know the results of isolation, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Social isolation and all of those kinds of things. But if we go pre-pandemic, social media is a huge one. And I'm going to say it. Gaming is another one gaming is one simply because and you know and my sons are gamers they're in their 20s right now they'll say mom but i'm online with my friends i'm online i'm with my friends but you're not engaging in a conversation you're not you know going out and hanging out and talking about what's going on or any of those kinds of things um so um and less and less being outdoors people are becoming more uh what's the word homebound for a whole bunch of reasons in this very complex world and then when you look at social media that's just one little piece of it if you take the 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 uh, tentacles of social media out there, you're talking about, is this real? Is this valid? Um, oh my gosh, look what this person is doing. And the, then we start to compare ourselves and then it, it is huge. And don't, and let's get into online bullying and all of those kinds of things that, that have to happen now. So, you know, I just don't come from, from school anymore. I'm going on and I'm checking my social media. I want to see what people are saying, what people are doing. I want to keep up with the Joneses. It's um, it's just so much different. Um, so I would say those are the big things, social isolation, social media, um, and not really getting out or outdoors. And we, as adults, let's face it, how many times, Anna, have you gone into a restaurant and you're sitting at a table and the adults have their phones out? Oh Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so we're not having the conversations that we used to anymore. We're not sitting around the dinner table the way we used to anymore. We're not sitting down and, and, and I'm not, this is a global statement. I don't mean to offend anybody, but just as a, you know, as a whole society, are we sitting down and talking to our kids one-to-one about, you know, not just how did school go today? Are we talking to them about suicide? Cause it's a reality. Are we talking to them about um and, and being able to hone in on those emotions because those conversations become regular and normal I think if we all started talking about our feelings and why we're feeling this way and being human and, you know, when you blow up at your kids and I was there more than once, I'm sorry I did that. I really had a bad day at work. That was not, I I apologize. That was not meant um, for you. And then we become human. And then talking about our emotions becomes a normal part of every single day. And as our kids get older and face more complex challenges in their lives, we can we can put our eyes on when things are off and maybe do some intervention right then and there rather than waiting for symptoms to appear like we Mm -hmm. do with our physical health. We wait for symptoms. Oh, I better go get that checked out. Or we wait if we're Ontario, you wait for the letter in the mail. Oops, time for my mammogram. I guess I'll go now. We've got it wrong. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, I like the fact that you said the normalization of those emotions and those feelings and being okay to speak them out loud and to discuss them and to talk through them, obviously, before it becomes like a volcanic eruption. And a lot of families that I, you know, have met with, especially in my pediatric, you know, clinical experience is that a lot of these Emotions are not normalized. Like nobody talks about them. Families don't talk about them. It's like we got to sweep it under the rug and we just got to keep moving forward. You know, it doesn't matter. Let's not be emotional over it. Let's just keep moving, keep being busy. I mean, all these kids are in a lot of activities. From yeah. sports to band to I mean, they're just, you know, a lot of them are really overscheduled. Some aren't, you know, of course. But yeah, it's it's that normalization of emotions. We have to name to tame. That is a big mm-hmm. yes, big issue. Hey y'all. Just speaking about mood and well-being um, and emotional wellness, I got the opportunity to try this new drink elixir with uh, adaptogens, nootropics. Um, These are typically uh, supplements that may help brain health, matcha, nutrients, and even immune supplements. And it's like this little green drink that packs a punch. And so I like to try out a lot of new health and wellness products um, just to trial them before I recommend them to anyone, Uh, especially as a soon-to-be quadruple board certified um, physician in multiple integrative modalities. And so when I tried this out, I, at the time I was running myself a bit ragged with some academic deadlines, including working full time. And then on the side and the evenings and the weekends, writing a book chapter, doing research, I'm um, doing all these scholarly activities and I typically tend to get a bit sapped. And so uh, when I tried the Magic mine, I actually did feel a sustained pick me up and it tasted actually super good. It's like um, fresh squeezed juice without all the sugar compared to all the other energy drinks out there. Um, And so I did feel like I didn't need um, caffeine in the afternoon, which I always drink a cup of white tea afterward. And so um, that was all I needed. So I find that Magic Mind, it really did deliver on enhancing that mental clarity, that resilience, even uplifting my mood. Um, And if you wanted to, you can try it for yourself. They do have a monthly subscription so you'll save much more than buying those individual packs and you can go to magicmind.com/powher again it's magicmind.com/powher you can get up to 50% off your subscription for the next 10 days with my code it is POWER20. powher20 p o w h e r 20
1: powher20 oh i just had a brilliant thought and it's gone it happens occasionally oh. <laughs> It, it It'll come back. Oh, oh no, I do. I do want to say, you know, and you know, one of my kids was uh was one of those children who came from from school and just whoo, holy macro puller off the ceiling, you know, um, those kinds of things. And and it, I don't do shoulda coulda woulda, but I will say for those of you who have those kids who are coming home and blowing up, there's a reason for that. They're in their safe place. Right. Um, From her perspective, she held in, held it in all day long as an anxious person. And this was the place to blow up. But we we tended to go in and want to calm the situation. We got to calm the situation. You got the you know, the other kids in the house, calm the situation. And if I could go back now, I would use those blow ups as teaching times, you know, not in the moment. When things calm down to say, let's talk about this, maybe do story, you know, uh, storyboards, those kinds of things. What, how do you think where we you're feeling yet? Yeah. Be able to identify the emotion. So next time this happens again, why don't we try this? I'm here to help you. But give them the responsibility to do it rather than yeah. flying in to save the day, flying in to calm the situation because they're not learning anything from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're learning that they can blow up and they're going <laughs> to get down in, but they're not learning any skills, right? <laughs> right. carry on for life so
0: they do they have to take that responsibility they have to learn those coping mechanisms they have to learn how to release it and um instead of yeah like that volcanic eruption that blow up instead of doing that let's just like release it little bits at a time um so it doesn't blow up and Yeah. yeah that that is a perfect that's actually how i learned i think um i would hold it in you know, for a long period of time, be patient, not say anything, not speak. And it would just build up. And then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden I'd snap over something so small, the tiniest thing. That's right. That's
1: (laughs) right. But that wasn't
0: the reason, you know, it was because it was just building up so much, all those emotions, the anger and the anxiety and the stress and the worry. And so, um, Mm -hmm. You said when we had talked last, there was something that you would love to happen in schools.
1: Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So it, it is happening, but it's happening if, if a teacher or an educator in that room wants it to happen yeah. I oh my gosh. So I would be just if you know, Crystal, what do we talk? Oh, the magic wand. That's what we were talking yes, about. Yeah, Had a yeah. magic wand, what would it be? In every single classroom, mindfulness activities are practiced. And I don't know what that looks like for implementation. I have some ideas. It might be a couple of guests that i have in to do that, but there's. it is absolutely possible. It's happening in some countries of the world already. And then what happens if, if kids can learn to be present and grounded and learn deep breathing and be able to calm themselves, guess what? It's what I said earlier about what we put out. They take in goes both, both ways, right? If they can use some of those skills and learn them at school, it comes back to the home. And it's just, I mean, I just, I can see a future of a world of a, when you think about what, uh, um, emotional intelligence is right. Empathetic people, people who grow up with empathy, with self-compassion at self-compassion for yourself, right? It's okay. If I make mistakes, that's just part of what we do with confidence with the, and the ability to be, um, problem solvers and excel in social settings. It is possible. It's possible for us to move in that direction and diminish the number of children who are suffering from anxiety, but we got to, we got to get to the other end so why
0: though it's like yeah you were just saying it has to be like grassroots in order to bring mindfulness um into the schools so what are some of your thoughts on why can't it I mean there's so much research out there right now on how mindfulness is so benefit. I mean you know and so why is it not being incorporated you know at kind of the institutional level
1: I love it. Uh, so I am a big fan. One of the one of the most amazing projects I did as a superintendent was leading from the middle right? You bring in all of the players around the table. And this was getting an evidence-based reading intervention program into the school board for kids with learning disabilities. We had union um, presidents. We had psychologists. We had clinicians. We had teachers. We had program consultants. We had principals. We had members of the public. We had someone from the Learning Disabilities Association all sitting around the table and gathering the information and the the research to say, what is the issue? And then brainstorming evidence-based solutions that already exist in this world. We don't even have to make them up. The challenge, and, I, and I'm and i going to say this is in Ontario, the challenge is it's very much top-down and politicized. And I think that's true of many educational systems. We can't sit down and wait for it to happen from an educational system from the top down. We got to start to drive this the change from the middle, I truly believe. And then the question becomes, you know, do teachers get trained? Is a specialist first that comes in and does the training? How, what's the actual implementation? Okay, that can be figured out. That can absolutely be figured out if it's funded, comes down to funding. It comes down, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, it is absolutely possible to do this. There's no question about it. Um, and I say our voices are the ones that are going to create the change.
0: Yes.
1: Okay. I love this. Good. I'm glad (laughs) we're having the podcast then on this. Oh boy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So
0: You mentioned something earlier that I want to go back to. And I think about this a lot um, when I'm taking care of patients with a lot of these, you know, emotional health issues that we didn't have when we were younger. I'm I'm only 40. almost 41, but still like, I, I mean, we didn't have social way. We didn't have phones. We didn't have social media. We just had landlines and, you know, we had like four channels on our TV because we couldn't afford, (laughs) you know, cable or whatever. And, uh, so what, I mean, that's interesting how, um, you know, a lot of us, we grew up, we didn't have those
1: anxiety disorders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's about making conscious choices now because there's so much out there that can just pull us away from what's important to us. Right. So, I mean, I, 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 Hey, I caught myself last night scrolling, just scrolling through YouTube videos, meaningless, meaningless use of my time. And I stopped myself. Mm -hmm. I've taken Facebook off of my phone. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is jump online to see how my kids are doing, because none of them are here locally. One's in Indonesia, one's in Australia and one's uh, on the other side of the coast. And so with the hourly different the morning, that's what I do. That's what starts my day off on a positive uh, note. I will walk. I will pump up the music that I love that keeps me going. I'm consciously choosing to keep a lot of that stuff out. Um, The news is another one. Honestly, I will only allow the news into my life once a day because there's just so much I cannot control. I cannot do anything about and it just becomes so. Oh, what's depressing? It can really pull you down. All of these things around us that we don't have control over. I think I've gone off on a tangent, Anna. But, um, but you know, all so since you were young, since you were, you know, I mean, and, and even, um, oh, what are we talking about? Gen Zs? What are we talking about now? I've lost I have track. No idea. <laughs> I've lost track too. The generations. If you grew up that way, from the time you were, you know, had a phone in your hand or were playing with, I see little kids playing with it, but it's a little bit different. But you still have to learn to say. What matters to you and what doesn't and, and, and push away that stuff that just brings you down. Yes. Like, okay. Bring in that. the stuff that makes you pumped up. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And that's intentional.
1: Exactly. Conscious decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Conscious decisions. And, um, what, so are there strategies that you use in your life or that you recommend for a lot of the children
1: around that surround you for emotional well being? Uh, So that's very interesting because the children that surround me right now, I don't have any in my home. I'm not a grandma yet. I'm not a grandma yet. No pressure out there for my children. One (laughs) got married just last summer. I'm not going to say anything there, but um, my great nieces and nephews have very much been part because my niece is my co-writer. Her son is 10. Um, Her nieces and nephews, they've all been part of this. They helped us develop the names of the character and make the connections to they're all connected to crystals. Um, They're giving us feedback. I'm hearing I'm hearing from parents and, and guardians and teachers now that have read the books saying the kids are starting to adopt them and learn them. So and I'm not just suggesting like learning practices for your emotional well-being, being being able to be emotionally um, like I said, there are kids who are doing Reiki. There are kids who have learned deep breathing skills, who are doing meditation, who have learned to calm their mind through um, mantras. And that maybe that's not the word, but they're using strategies that work for them. And so that's why I'm excited, starting in April, to hear from kids, to start hearing from you know what has worked. I've got a young lady who is a, I won't say her name right now, uh, a, a musician who was in the depths of despair with depression, and now she's a successful musical artist, you can find her on spotify i'm not going to give her name out right now and she's going to talk about how she turned her life down around as wow. a young person too um but the premise of what i'm trying to do now is say we have to learn from these people who've turned their life around to say what could we have given them in the first place right and i totally forgot your question No, that's That's, it. That's yeah. We were just talking
0: about strategies for emotional well-being and that that we're going to I'm so excited for the podcast because learning from the kids on how they I think that's the biggest thing is learning from other people's experiences, learning from their story, and then seeing what resonates with um, the people who are experiencing certain emotional issues. And And then being like, okay, yeah, I could use that. I could take a little piece of that, maybe a little piece of this, and then start implementing that in my life, taking responsibility
1: for themselves. That's right. One little thing. Try one little thing this week. Try one little thing. Just, you know, being aware when you come home from work that, oh, that was a tough day. I need to take five minutes. You know, hey, everybody, I need to take five minutes. I had a really um, tough day at work. I just don't want to take it out to anyone. So give me five, you know, go for a walk, go do something, have a bath, take 15, (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah Uh, just make a choice something this week that is is going to change your mindset and make you say hey what am i what am i putting off to my kids and i gotta i and i want to flip the coin here though anna because there's amazing stuff happening there is amazing stuff happening and those are the people we want to hear from we want to decrease we want to decrease those rates of depression and anxiety um in a way that's possible and i i think this is more than possible i think this is doable yeah, I agree. I know I you. Is.
0: Oh yeah, no. And, and I'm just, I absolutely love what you're doing because it is, it's just so loud right now. And we do need to work from the ground up for sure. And I am loving your books that are out. I'm loving your podcast. I'm so excited to see what happens next. Do you have any ideas? What else you're going to be doing? You're doing a thousand different things.
1: <laughs> oh, Okay, I just broached the subject with um, the executive director of a local um, children's mental health facility about actually doing a a full day's, uh, I don't want to say summit, but an in-person whole focus, guest speakers, tables, resources, everything, focusing on proactive uh, strategies and tools for kids. Uh, It's going to have to be 2024, but you know, Starting to spin. Things are I
0: starting just, to spin. I was just <laughs> going to ask. I was like, you need to do like a program like that. I was going to say that. And then I was like, well, let's just see what she says.
1: Uh-huh. Well, you know, once once it gets developed by a group of people, and I'm a collaborator, right? I'm not doing this alone. <laughs> um, then that's a model that can be taken. And, you know, let's carry it on. Let's get it into as many communities and places as possible and just start to start to get that snowball rolling, right? Yeah. It already is. That snowball is starting to pick up speed, right? It people is, like you, Anna. People like you and many other, many others who see what's happening in the world and are doing everything you can to, to, to flip, to flip well, the possibilities.
0: Yes, and and we, I mean, we need people like you because you know, right now, all the mental health professionals, a lot of people, it's very difficult to get into right now. They have right. a huge wait list. I mean, just because you know that the, the emotional issue. The epidemic has just grown and it's tough to meet the demand right now with all the mm-hmm. mental wellness professionals out there. And so it is tough for people to get in quickly. And so that's why I think they need a lot of these resources right now to use and implement like now, instead of wait six months to get into the psychologist or the therapist or to their family therapy.
1: Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it tell us a little bit about, um, where people can find you. Um, tell us a little bit about your podcast and then where people can find your books. You also have a 20% discount offer as well for, for the you. audience. Oh yeah. Thank for you. you. And your yes. audience. Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. I hope you have the code to use there. Cause I don't have my notes. I condition. do. It's a bundle sale Feb
0: 2023. And I will put that on. I'll actually put that on the comment list here. Hold on to.
1: Yes. I'm doing that right now. Okay. So yeah, if you want, there's three books in the bundle right now and a set of crystals, which is really kind of cool. Every crystal is unique, just like children are. And that's why we named. So Carnuli is one of the characters Zerko named up, right? You can see the um, we also have the educational package, which is questions that we can ask, you know, if you're a teacher, you know, you show the cover and what you, you know, ask the questions about the cover and then as you're reading the book you ask prompting questions and when you're done you do, and then you want to take them into those activities to apply to their own lives that's all part of the package It's a 20% discount, and you'll share the link, I guess in the show notes for people, uh, and we ship them right here from uh, our warehouse so. That's, that's where it'll happen from. Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. I love that. Okay. I got to check it out. Um, I, that's so exciting. I, I and yeah. you also teach just as a side note, I think you teach writing, don't you?
1: I you know I well I didn't teach writing I used to consult people on how to publish a book not the actual writing part. Oh, okay yeah. I've one that I'll, I've always needed a copy and a content edit. I will say par- partially because I'm a brain tumor survivor and my my words just don't come out the way they used to. I mix things up a lot. Um, I I'm yeah I have an editor actually we have a ch- for the children's book series we have uh, Tracy Reagan from Australia is our formal editor so. Yeah, oh, no, wow. but I, I I backed out of consulting for publishing because on because honestly, Anna, my focus has to be on this right now. And things are changing so quickly in the publishing world and in the marketing world. Facebook ads change. Um, Amazon ads change. And there are people that have teams around them that are keeping up with that that I now refer people to. Yeah. So the great. podcast and the, and the books and, and professional and public speaking, we're speaking at schools now, my niece and I. Um we can do that virtually if we need to. Yeah, we've got a whole a whole thing going with uh yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Anything we can do to get the momentum moving.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. So if I know of any schools that need somebody, I'll let them know about you.
1: Sure. We can offer an online yeah, yeah, we'll send them a proposal. Once they just have to give me a call, we'll find out what they want and we'll send them a proposal.
0: Awesome. Um, is there anything else we didn't touch on today that you really want to get across to the audience?
1: Oh, I'm just I just want everybody to be take take. We all have to practice self-compassion. We all have to say, okay, is this something? Yeah, I need to let that go. My niece, because she's a social worker, I have to tell you, she has been so positive for me and my well-being because I'm a planner. I'm an A-type personality and things have not gone the way I want them to do with timelines, right? It's okay, everybody. It's okay if something happened today that, you know, you come home, you say, I wish I hadn't done that. It's all right. We all make mistakes and we have to give ourselves permission to, and then the question then becomes, what do we do with that? If we can humanize it, if we can apologize, if we can state the reasons why that happened, my guess it's, it's almost always going back to some type of emotion, something, something that's happened earlier in the day that's caused us to move in that direction. So oh, yeah. I Yeah. Just look in the mirror, be self-compassionate and say, what's one thing I can do this week.
0: Self-compassion. That is the way to go. Yeah. I've had lots of um, colleagues Mm -hmm. and friends who are burned out from just being a physician and they've had to take um, the compassion courses just to kind of gain back their health again. And it's been super, super helpful. It's just that grace and that compassion toward oneself. So it's, it's huge
1: yeah, I love the way you just said that. That's absolutely true. We can only be there for others if we're if we're our best ourselves, right? So, yeah,
0: exactly. I am so thankful for you to be on our podcast today. Thanks for coming on and sharing your immense passion for helping children to improve their emotional well-being, which is so needed. And I am behind you one hundred percent.
1: Oh, and I'm with you too as well. And I look forward to you being a guest on my podcast, taking the helm. Thanks so much. All right, take care. (laughs) All right, bye everybody.